the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Ask the Lawyer with Mike Connors. Got questions concerning elder or state law? Attorney Mike Connors has the answer. He was recognized as one of New York's top lawyers by New York Magazine and brings over 30 years' experience to the table. His office number is 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. Here's Mike Connors. We are gathered here on hallowed ground. Horses raised, heads bowed down. Welcome to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors, accompanied by my wife, Beth. Well, hello, everybody. And attorney. Mick Khalifa. Good afternoon, everyone. You know, it's getting to the point right now where I can't even pronounce half the lawyer's last names to work for. <laughs> Don't so. admit it. Don't yeah, admit I'll, it. I'll, I'll admit it either. this time. <laughs> Now, for those of you who don't know about this show, the first part of the show, we talk about estate planning and elder law. And the idea behind estate planning is to pass assets from one generation to the next, paying the least amount in taxes we need to pay legally, avoiding going through court, avoiding probate. And as far as elder law is concerned, trying to save assets from nursing home bills. The second part of the show, we talk about politics, history, religion, and we'll be going through that a little bit later in the show. By the way, if you have any questions about estate planning and elder law, listen to our ads later. We'll give you the times and places for our seminars in Queens at the end of uh, September. Actually, that's this month now. We're going to be in the Adria in Bayside. We're going to be in Connolly's Corner in Maspeth, and we're going to be at Lenny's Clam Bar in Howard Beach. So if you want to learn anything about estate planning and elder law, you can give us a call to make a reservation in one of those seminars. There's no cost, but we do like to know how many people are going to be there, so we set the rooms up properly. So if, if you want to go to one of those seminars and learn about estate planning, how to deal with your house, how to get your house to your kids, protected from medical bills, nursing home bills, avoid going through court, avoid probate, show up at one of our seminars, call for a reservation at 718-238-6500, 718 718- Two three eight sixty five hundred. And Beth, while we're talking about estate planning and elder law, you know, I think we have an appropriate question here from Deborah. What is it? We do indeed. Hi, Mike. I will be leaving everything I own, including my house located in Brooklyn, to my daughter, and I don't want her to have to do probate. Should I do a trust? Which type is best? Thank you, Deborah. Which type is best? Yes, you should do a trust. Anytime you own real estate, the best way to avoid probate is through a trust because it doesn't go through court. The assets in the trust do not go through court. And ordinarily, you go tax-free to the heirs. By ordinarily, if you're under $5,740,000 in New York State, it would go tax-free to the heirs. And that can be $5,740,000 for a husband, $5,740,000 for a wife. The federal death tax right now is $11,400,000. So if you're under those numbers, it goes out tax-free to your daughter. What kind of trust? A lot depends. Does your daughter live in the house? Does she not live in the house? If she doesn't live in the house, I might well do what we call an irrevocable trust. And that's kind of like a partnership between mother and daughter in this case. Mom can't sell the house without daughter. Daughter can't sell the house without mom. 
It's still mom's house for tax purposes. In other words, if you have a senior citizen's exemption, veteran's exemption, star program exemptions, you still keep all those exemptions in the trust. But you're restricting your ability to sell it. Now, what does that do for you? That protects the house from medical bills, nursing home bills. If your daughter lives in the house and she's lived in the house with you for more than two years, ordinarily that house would be protected immediately. We put that house in a trust. However we word the trust, that house would be protected from medical bills, nursing home bills. If your daughter doesn't live in the house, it takes five years to fully protect the asset from medical bills, nursing home bills. So if you want to get the five-year clock started, for instance, in this case, if we deed the house over into a trust in September, October would be month number one on the five-year clock, so it would be four years you know, and 11 months. That's what I would do. Get the house out tax-free, whether we make it revocable or irrevocable, depends on the circumstances. I don't think it matters much to Deborah whether it's revocable or irrevocable because I'm pretty clear she's going to leave everything to her daughter. Now, of course, a little bit part of the planning, we have to look at the what-ifs. God forbid something happens to your daughter, we need to make an alternate plan. If she has children, obviously, or ordinarily it would go to her children. If she doesn't have children, well, we got to give it some thought. Is it going to go to nephews and nieces? Is it going to go to charity? Is it going to go to a best friend? So that's something to talk about. And there's no one right answer ahead of time. And that's why if you want to come in in Connors and Sullivan, well, you know, we'll talk those issues over. In the meanwhile, we have our, our next guest, Nick. Nick, you have a question. What, who's it from? Uh, it's from Monica. Monica, okay. And Monica says, Dear Mr. Connors, my parents gave me $100,000 for a down payment on my house. Do I need to pay gift taxes? Well, the question is, the short answer is no. Ordinarily, there's no gift tax on a $100,000 gift. There's no gift tax today if your lifetime gifts are under $11,400,000, which ordinarily would mean no. The person who makes the gift is the person who's supposed to file the gift tax return. In other words, if a parent gives $100,000 to child, it's the parent who's supposed to file the gift tax return. And ordinarily, if you give $100,000 in one calendar year to one person, you should file a gift tax return. But again, there's no tax due if your lifetime gifts are under $11,400,000. New York State, we have the $5,740,000. So if you make a gift and you die within three years of making the gift, that $100,000 gift goes back into the into the estate. But here's one thing I, I ordinarily like to do in, in these type of situations, especially if the child is married. Instead of making a gift, maybe make a loan and sign an IUU, let's say, for $100,000. This way, if the child uses to buy a house with his or her spouse, and the spouse also signs the IOU, if they get divorced and the house is sold, at least maybe you get your $100,000 back. Maybe they're married for 15, 20 years. You forget about it. Then maybe file the gift tax return then. But if, if it's a loan, one, you wouldn't have to file a gift tax return. And two, if something goes wrong, and, and let's face it, sometimes in this world, things go wrong. And, you know, it might even be to protect your kid. Because let's say for the sake of argument, they get sued or something, and you have a, a loan for $100,000. Maybe you get that paid back before money goes to a, a lawsuit or something like that. Ordinarily, I would not like to make a gift. I would rather it be a loan. Uh, then we don't have to file a gift tax return. If it is a gift and there, there are no strings attached, you should file a gift tax return. But ordinarily, there would be no tax due. And again, in this case, it would be the parent who would file the gift tax return, not the child. It's the person who makes the gift who's supposed to file the return. But I can't stress this enough. Ordinarily, there's no tax due on gifts. Now, if mom gave away $11,300,000 over the last few years, maybe there is a gift tax due. But that's what I'm saying ordinarily. All right, Nick, let me ask you something for the audience sure. out there. Where were you from originally? Where were you born? I was born and raised in Jordan. What schools did you go to there? I attended a Catholic school called Collège de la Salle. It was a French Catholic school where I attended from first grade all the way until high school. Same school. 
And then when did you come to the United States? Uh, right after high school, back in 1997. So about 22 years now. So what were you doing for the last 22 years in 25 uh. words or less? <laughs> uh, many, many different things, mainly good stuff. Right. Um, well, at least for the last 10 years, I, I actually made a decision later on in life to go back to school. So as I mentioned to you in the job interview that I'm a young, mature, I'm a mature young attorney because I went to school, to college, to undergrad when I was 29, ended up going all the way from a four-year degree to law school to now a third-year associate practicing law for about two and a half, three years. You may not realize this, but my father did the same thing. Um, he started college later, and he started med school when he was 30. So y'all are in the same boat. <laughs> That's right. I, I remember the conversation we had that day. It's a long haul. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. And so a it's definitely been haul. a wonderful, life-changing experience. Okay, do you well, speak we're so glad you're with us. Do you speak any languages besides English? English, Arabic. I used to speak French fluently, but I've been in the U.S. for 20-some years now, using English all the time. I'm, my memory's vague when it comes to French. <laughs> I still know a few words. I can pick up some during a conversation, but um, I definitely, definitely miss speaking French. Now, getting earlier back, Chris Cordani mentioned that we should, if if you have a, a organization out there, you want to hear us do a seminar about estate planning and elder law, and we can do it practically at any, any length of time. Sometimes we do a 20-minute seminar, sometimes a half hour, 40 minutes, sometimes, you know, for some certain groups, like let's say for the sake of argument, accountants or professionals, sometimes we do a two, three-hour seminar. But if you want us to do your seminar at your church, synagogue, not-for-profit, senior citizens group, please feel free. Give us a call at 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. You know, we don't charge to do a seminar at a group. Try to give us two to three months notice if possible because, you know, the schedule sometimes gets a little bit tight. But if you want us to, to do a seminar on estate planning and elder law for your church, your synagogue, other senior citizens group, whatever, again, please give us a call at 718-238-6500. We're going to take a short break. We'll be back in a few minutes. You're listening to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors. For our Ask the Lawyer friends and listeners, you can attend any of Connors & Sullivan's free seminars on elder law, Medicaid, wills, and estate planning, and more. Yes, it's all free and all close to you. So come to Connors & Sullivan's free seminars. On Tuesday, September 24th at Lenny's Clam Bar, 161-03, Cross Bay Boulevard in Howard Beach at 11 a.m. and 3 p.m. On Wednesday, September 25th at 11 a.m., 3 p.m. and 7 p.m. at Connolly's Corner, 71-03. 17 Grand Avenue in Masspeth and on Friday, September 27th at the Adria, 221-17 Northern Boulevard in Bayside at 11 a.m. and 3 p.m. Can't go to any Connors & Sullivan's free seminars? Then call Connors & Sullivan at 718-238-6500 for your own free office appointment. Make an educated decision on your estate and family legal solutions today. Just call Connors & Sullivan at 718-238-6500. 6500. That's Connors and Sullivan. 718-238-6500 or go to connorsandsullivan.com. That's connorsandsullivan.com. Find out what you're entitled to. Come to a Connors and Sullivan free seminar. For more information, call 718-238-6500 or go to connorsandsullivan.com. Connors and Sullivan. Plan now for later. We all know someone who's been touched by cancer. It's the second leading cause of death. 
and it took the life of my father, John Wayne. But even in his final days, he was thinking about helping others and publicly campaigning to raise awareness about cancer. His courage and grit inspired our family to do everything we could to fight the big C, as my dad called it. So we did something about it and founded the John Wayne Cancer Institute 35 years ago to advance life-saving research. Our discoveries are fundamentally changing the way cancer is treated around the world. Cures are within our reach, but we can't do it alone. I'm Patrick Wayne, and I'd be honored if you joined us in the fight against cancer. You can make a lasting legacy by helping to eradicate this deadly disease. Together, we can save lives. To learn more, visit jwcigiving.org. That's jwcigiving.org. Welcome back to Ask the Lawyer with Mike Connors. Welcome back to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors, accompanied by my wife, Beth. I'm here. We're going to, to the second part of the show. Like I said, a lot of times we talk about politics, history, religion. Well, we're going to be talking a little bit about religion. We're going to be talking to one of the writers for Crisis Magazine, Politics. We have Judge Janine on here, Judge Janine Pirro, and she's going to be talking about our latest book. And we're going to be talking to one of the doctors, Dr. Trayvon Fisher, one of the doctors at the John Wayne Cancer Institute. So I guess first we're going to start with our doctor, then Janine Pirro, then Crisis Magazine. Welcome to the Connors Corner segment of Ask the Lawyer. You know, at the beginning of this year, I was in a really very remarkable place in Santa Monica, California. It's part of the Providence St. John's Health Center, and it's the John Wayne Cancer Institute. And we're very pleased to have Dr. Trayvon Fisher from the John Wayne Cancer Institute. Welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me. Okay, so doctor, what's your specialty or what what do you do at the John Wayne Cancer Institute? Yeah, so I am a uh, surgical oncologist and my uh, specialty in the clinic is uh, melanoma skin cancer, um, as well as I do some breast uh, cancer as well, but my my main focus is on, on melanoma. It's the end of summer. A lot of people are still working on their summer tans. What advice do you have to them? We really uh, encourage patients... Um, uh, no matter what your risk of melanoma is, is to really avoid blistering sunburns. So that's the probably the number one factor that goes into um, increasing the risk of melanoma. Um, any sun exposure, um, especially during the peak hours, so those between 10 a.m. and 4 p.m., um, will increase your risk. So any so so melanoma is 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 mostly caused by UV damage, and and that's um, uh, given through the sun ex- through sun exposure. So avoiding that is, is key, but really avoiding blistering sunburns are the most important thing that you can do, one can do to, to prevent a melanoma in the future. What would you say? I mean, is it all right to get tanned bit by bit or whatever? As someone who, who treats patients um, who have all different kinds of skin cancers, um, I would say that um, it's, it's hard to, to, to get tanned bit by bit without putting yourself at somewhat, somewhat increased risk. Um, it's obviously okay to have to be out in the sun at times, but to actually to, to plan on tanning, um, really, um, uh, you, you do increase your risk somewhat, although not nearly as much as you do if you're very cautious, wear sunscreen, uh, and and just and and very slowly increase your tan. But as a as a as a as a surgeon who do, operates on on patients of all ages with with skin cancers and not just melanoma. But there's other there's other forms, um, you know, avoiding sun during the peak hours is is ideal. Now maybe we don't want to scare the people, or maybe we do. But what happens if you don't follow <laughs> your advice? Well, so um, you can 
over time, because of the chronic exposure of, of sun and, and having the blistering sunburns, um, enough of the damage from the UV can, can cause cancer. It can cause melanoma, which is we, we worry about as the most aggressive form of skin cancer. It can form in sun-exposed areas where, where moles um, are. Moles can change, or you can get new moles that come up that have the risk of melanoma. Um, the reason we're mostly worried about melanoma is because it has the chance to spread very quickly to other parts of the body. Um, so that's kind of our number one concern. The other more, actually more common skin cancers are called basal cells carcinoma and squamous cell carcinomas. They're much more indolent in their kind of a, a aggressive pattern, but they can be um, a cosmetic concern as they happen a lot of times on the face or on the scalp. Um, and, and require surgery as the same as melanoma, but the risk of it spreading is much less. How long have you been with the John Wayne Cancer Institute, and why did you decide to join? I came to the John Wayne Cancer Institute through their surgical oncology program in 2015. So I, I completed my general surgery training, and a subset of, um, of those who finished general surgery, um, like myself, chose to go into a surgical oncology uh, specialty training, where we spend two years um, I was lucky enough to be selected to to spend those two years at the John Wayne Cancer Institute here in Santa Monica, and um, where we really focus on not necessarily the surgical aspects of of, of surgical oncology, but the entire multidisciplinary complex care patients have with with cancer. As as medicine advances over the past you know 20 to 30 years, we now know that every day there's a new uh, innovative surgical technique, new innovative um, drug that's given, and, and one of the things that we've studied a lot here at the John Wayne Cancer Institute is using the immune system um, to unlock the brakes to fight cancer. Um, these were some of the things that I um, was very interested in as the, as the John Wayne Cancer Institute has a history of being a leader in the, in the field of melanoma and breast cancer, and so I was happy to to be selected to come here and then happy that I was able to stay as faculty now and help lead the program and train future surgical oncologists that are now practicing all over all over the United States and even some internationally. When I did visit there, I, I get the sense that the John Wayne Cancer Institute is a unique place. Can you explain to the audience why? Absolutely. So for one, it's, um, it's not big. And so you think of some of the big centers that you've all heard of. Um, they're these, you know, complex places where patients get lost um, in the mix. Um, we're, we're a small program as, as far as the, the number of faculty, but we have everything those big programs have, and we have it, I feel, at a very high level. Um, we, we strive to, to, to promote multidisciplinary care with medical oncologists, radiation oncologists, geneticists, and all as, as kind of the patient can come and get one, um, one location and get all those services. The other unique thing that we have is a very close relationship with the research institution as well. And so um, we have had, since the Institute has been, uh, uh, was, was founded in the, in the early 90s, a very close collaboration which allows for the clinician like myself to be able to talk to the, the scientist, to be able to ask a question, to be able to go back and, and, and do research to, to find different answers. And so... I think that makes us very unique. We we all are basically in the same building across the street from the hospital here, and we have a very close um, relationship with with the scientists to be able to really 
you know, make big impacts in a small institution. Do you have any other health tips to our audience? So I tell all my patients um, three things. One, maintain a, a healthy body habitus. So a, a BMI that's that's less than 30 or your body mass index is less than 30. So basically stay, stay fit. Um, eat a well-balanced meal. So many, many patients ask me, if not every day, um, well, sh- should I change my diet? Should I eat differently? And I encourage a well-balanced meal. There's a lot of bad diets out there. And I think that doing any one thing in uh, in excess is not healthy for the body. So um, obviously fruits and vegetables are important. Um, and, and it's okay to eat meat. Just, um, uh, you know, there's a lot of concern out there of, of red meat. It's, it's fine to eat that in, in intermittently, but not uh, high in, in red meat, a high diet in red meat. The other thing is to exercise. And so I recommend all my patients for 30 minutes to do something five times a week where your heart rate's elevated. So it may just be walking. For some patients, that may just be walking to the, you know, around the block for uh, that gets their heart rate up for others. And uh, it may be a light jog or depending on, you know, what your, what your uh, exercise level is, um, it really does help. And I think all three of those things combined will decrease the risk of cancer in general um, uh, as you stay fit. And it also it helps for your heart health, helps your kidneys and your lungs, and it's just very healthy in general. Dr. Trayvon Fisher, thank you for being on Connor's Corner. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. If you're a homeowner age 62 or older and are finding it hard to pay off debt, or how about enjoying your retirement years with less stress, a government-insured reverse mortgage may be the answer or might be the perfect solution for you and your family. Hi, this is Frank Melia, a certified mortgage planner. I've been a mortgage specialist for over 20 years, and I've helped countless homeowners all over the tri-state area tap into a little or a lot of their home equity so they can use it right now. This past October, the federal government made changes to the reverse mortgage loan program. Give me a call now so our office can show you how these changes affect how much money you receive and how the annual mortgage insurance costs have decreased. My job is to help you find the best solutions for your retirement goals. I do this by educating homeowners with straightforward information and answers. It's free to call and speak with me, Frank Melia, to determine if this FHA program might be able to help you and your loved ones now. Call and speak with me right now. I'll answer your questions and help you decide if a reverse mortgage is right for you and your family. Make the call now, 888-943-2646, or try me on the internet at www.quanticbank.com backslash fmelia once again call 888-943-2646 and you could be on your way to a stress-free retirement frank melia nmls number 62591 all loans provided by quantic bank nmls number 403503 when a desperate parent calls ycs seeking help for their child with special needs We are there to answer the call. Our staff provides compassionate care to children affected by trauma, autism, or developmental disabilities. Can you help us provide the services needed to keep families together? Find out how you, your company, or organization can volunteer. Learn more at YCS.org. Time now for Connor's Corner, where Mike takes a closer look at topics like history, politics, religion, and more. Here's Mike. Welcome to the Connor's Corner segment of Ask a Lawyer. Our next guest needs no introduction. Janine Pirro, which everybody sees on Fox every week, but she's got a book out now. Radicals, Resistance, and Revenge, The Left's Plot 
to remake America. Welcome to Connor's Corner, Janine. It's great to be with you guys. How you doing today? Pretty good, pretty good. So what's the book about? We know, but tell us what we need to know. Okay. Well, you know, after I wrote Liars, Leakers, and Liberals, um, which was about the plot to take down Donald Trump, it was about the FBI and the DOJ and the corruption at the upper echelon, I stepped back and I said, you know what? It's not just that the FBI and the DOJ and the upper echelon, it is all over America. Everything is being changed by those on the left because they don't like the America that we have. And they want to redo everything about America. And that includes the First Amendment, free speech, shutting people down on the right. It includes changing capitalism to socialism. It includes uh, allowing in illegals with no consequence at all, just let them in and just give them whatever they need, including licenses, so that they can then come out and vote. And it is really an attack on our free speech Antifa is out there to follow up the attacks on our free speech and political correctness, of course, being the enemy of free speech. And Antifa then comes out and beats the hell out of people and they get away with it because they're dressed up in ninja gear. Their faces are covered. There's total disrespect for law and order and the military and ICE. And, you know, we are at a point where even life isn't respected anymore, where, you know, you can have an abortion, uh, you know, within an hour of birth. Or if you're in Virginia, you know, you, according to uh, Governor Northam, you can have the baby, uh, make the baby comfortable. And then if you don't want it like an emperor in the Roman Coliseum, a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Everything is different. And we can't let this happen. What should we do about it? What does your book say? Well, the book has, uh, and by the way, it's got 30 pages of, of, uh, of, of footnotes. So if you get in an argument with someone and you want to know, you know what the evidence is for my argument, just look at those footnotes and those 30 pages. But I think people have to recognize that this is a war. It's a culture war for right and wrong uh, against uh, uh, you know those people who don't respect law and order. Voting is the most significant thing you can do. And it's not just voting for the president and voting for Congress. It's voting at the local level, at the school board level, uh, because you would be amazed at the number of socialists who are being elected at lower levels in county boards and city councils and, you know, on the school board. A lot of reason that the young people today, these millennials, believe in socialism is because they've been taught it's a good thing. They don't realize what's going on in Venezuela. So you've got to vote for the school board. You've got to go out there and find out who's running. And American history should be something that we should study. Uh, it is about being heard. It's about making sure that the resistance for what we did by electing Donald Trump is not so far that they literally topple the government. Look, we've got an economy that's roaring. We've got more jobs than people to fill them. This is a great country. Our military is strong again. But they, they, are, they are in New York City. They're throwing water and hosing down cops as the cops walk away. They're throwing buckets at cops. They want to defund ICE. This is not the America that my father and grandfather fought for in World War II. There's a lot that needs to be done, and you cannot be uh, stopped from saying your free speech. And by the way, there is a presumption of innocence. When Brett Kavanaugh, who's a nominee to the United States Supreme Court, 
you know, is accused of being a gang rapist when he is as close to an altar boy as any adult I've ever seen. And then is told that we need to believe all women and men should just shut up. He's accused of being a gang rapist. You know, and he's not allowed the presumption of innocence. I mean, these are constitutional rights. I mean, there are certain things in the Declaration of Independence that are not being allowed to Americans, and they need to understand it, they need to see it, and they need to be able to make sure that they, going forward, don't tolerate it. Now, you may have a unique perspective of this, but as a prosecutor, did you see anything at all that there was any evidence at all that Judge Kavanaugh was guilty of a crime? No, not at all. And you know what? I listened very carefully. Let me tell you something. I ran an office where we prosecuted 40,000 cases a year. I was the elected DA over and over and over. And the truth is that you don't know what's coming in. You don't, shouldn't have a mindset. Do you believe someone or don't you believe them? What you've got to do is you have to listen very carefully and you have to try to understand what the, what the alleged victim is telling you. And in truth, nothing of what she said made sense. You know, she couldn't fly to Washington for the hearings when we found out she was an intern, as I recall, and I could be wrong about this, that she was an intern who, you know, flew to Hawaii on a regular basis. You know, all this stuff that she didn't remember, and it's very often a one-on-one, but when she brought in other people who had no recollection of what she was talking about, you have to say, you know what? There is a presumption of innocence. And until you provide me with evidence that indicates that 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 something actually did happen, as opposed to this woman being, you know, although credible, it seemed everything about her story had holes in it. And I talk about this in the book as well. So all of this stuff is about the remaking of America. It's about the plot. Uh, to remake it and illegals coming in. I mean, 144,000 in one month in October of 2018. And this is lunacy. And who's going to pay for all this? What we're doing is we're giving them, which is amazing, we're giving them uh, uh, licenses. What do you use a license for? You You use a license to as a form of identification so that you can register to vote. I mean, that's not the way it works. You have to, you know, our parents came in, our grandparents, they swore allegiance to this country. And, you know, we are not just a globalist landing spot for anyone who wants to come here. We have to know who you are. Why do you want to come here? You know, it's not it's not all fun and games. There are certain responsibilities that you have when you come to America. So. Right now, I am fighting in, uh, in radical resistance and revenge to let the American people know what is happening in America today and giving them the evidence and the facts that they need to understand the plot to remake the country. Judge Jeanine Pirro, thank you for what you're doing for a country. Listen to you every weekend. Thank you for being on Connor's Corner. How can I protect my family if something happens to me? What if I need to go to a nursing home? What will happen to our savings, our home? What's the best way to give my home to my kids? Who will help us take care of Grandpa? 
These and many other questions can be answered with a phone call to Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law, PLLC, 718-238-6500. Mike Connors, one of New York Magazine's top lawyers, has over 30 years of estate planning and elder law experience. Mike and his team of professionals will help you protect your assets from probate, taxes, and nursing home costs so you can have peace of mind knowing you and your family will be taken care of and protected. I'm Mike Connors, founder of Connors & Sullivan. People don't plan to fail, they fail to plan. The time to plan is now. I'm Beth Connors. Call today for a free initial consultation with one of our experienced lawyers. Connors and Sullivan in Brooklyn, Queens, Manhattan, and Staten Island. Call 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500 or connorsandsullivan.com. I think I just found myself believing that I didn't need God. I just had everything under control, and church was actually a, a burden to me. I might have gone to church, you know, at Christmas time, gradually quit going. No, I didn't take my faith seriously, which, which probably means I, I never really got it to begin with. You can have a beautiful car, a big fancy home. But if you don't have Christ in your life, there's an emptiness that's there. We are enslaved to power or to greed or to wealth or to lust, especially as a man. But there's a true freedom to not be enslaved, but to attach ourselves to God and to be free. Thank God I'm home. Now that I'm back in the Catholic Church, I'm a new person. I love it. There's peace in our home that we didn't have before. You're coming home to a Catholic family where people today just embrace you. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for whatever reason, we invite you to take another look. Visit CatholicsComeHome.org today. Welcome to the Connors Corner segment of Ask the Lawyer. Previously on the show, more than a few times, we, we had the esteemed Father Rutler, and he writes occasionally for a magazine called Crisis Magazine. Right now, we're very hap- happy to have on our show Michael Warren Davis from Crisis. Welcome to the show. Thank you, sir. You know, some of us read that uh, Cardinal Pell in Australia, he was convicted. So I guess some justice is coming to the, the, the clergy who competed all those abuses in the past. That's, uh, that's true, but not in the case of Cardinal Pell. Cardinal Pell is undeniably, incontrovertibly innocent of every accusation that's been leveled against him. This is why you'll find everywhere from, you know, Quadrant and The Spectator in, in Australia uh, to The Catholic Herald in the United Kingdom to Crisis and many other publications here, there's a, a massive outcry across Catholic media because of the atrocious miscarriage of justice uh, that's been perpetrated against Cardinal Pell, a very innocent, uh, holy, good priest, uh, and one of the most competent, perhaps the only <laughs> competent bureaucrat in the history of the Vatican. <laughs> well, well, let me ask you something. Why do you say he's innocent? What's the evidence? Well, I don't want to go into it too much on the air because it is quite graphic, a lot of it. Uh, but the, the thrust of it is uh, about 20 years ago, uh, the two, two choir boys, uh, well, one choir boy alleged that he was sexually assaulted uh, by Cardinal Pell uh, in the back of, uh, of, of the St. Patrick's Cathedral in Melbourne, where Cardinal Pell was at the time archbishop. The, again, can't go into too, too many details over the air, but the, the, the acts that the, that the witness uh, describes, that the, victim, that the alleged victim describes, are impossible for a human being to, to physically commit. 
this was uh, something that was brought up by the defense uh, and, and never refuted by the prosecution. The prosecution really didn't bother trying to establish that the crimes of which Cardinal Pellis is, uh, is accused of committing were even physically possible. They involve, I mean, essentially he would need to have three hands to, 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 to perform the, the acts that he's accused of. Uh, but this was, but it was, com but it was completely railroaded. All of that evidence was completely railroaded, um, and which is why many of us in Catholic media are saying that Cardinal Pell is the victim of anti-Catholic persecution. There was no, there were no, there were dozens of witnesses who said that Cardinal Pell could not have been uh, in the sacristy when he was alleged to have sexually abused um, the two boys. One of the witnesses before he died, sadly, of a drug overdose denied ever having been sexually assaulted. Uh, the, and and, and the, it, uh, the, the abuse is alleged to have taken place between the end of the mass and the end of the procession of the recessional. So Cardinal Pell is alleged to have snuck out immediately after the, the last gospel, uh, sexually assaulted two boys, and then got, came back in time to join the recessional and greet uh, parishioners after Mass. It's the whole thing is, is quite ridiculous. Uh, and it's obviously the fabrication of, uh, of a very damaged and, and, and fevered mind. And, and the, the, the alleged victim certainly deserves our, our prayers, and, and he, he, he badly needs psychological and pastoral support. But just to, to put it as frankly as possible, I mean, Cardinal Pell did, did not do what he's accused of, of doing. Now, why, why did the, the prosecutors railroad him then? Why? What's, what was their motive? Well, this is, uh, there's, there's, <laughs> you're going to have to watch uh, the crisis homepage. We are doing a lot of digging uh, into this issue. There are several different theories, all of which could actually be true at the same time. One of them is that uh, Cardinal Pell was basically the head of the Vatican Treasury when these allegations sort of started to fly around. Um, it is alleged by some that Cardinal Pell was, uh, and, and this is substantially true to some degree or another, Cardinal Pell was uh, sniffing out uh, an, an extraordinary billions upon billions of dollars uh, of, of missing funds uh, that, it, with, that were being diverted by bishops across the world, not in, in Italy, in, in England, in the United States. Uh, and it's believed that by some, uh, that that the that the church that the church in in Italy and in uh, Australia in particular cooperated with efforts to fabricate uh, seven is just to, just to take him out because he was hot on the trail of some major corruption story. Uh, the other thing is that the the, but the and the more plausible story is that Cardinal Pell was for many many years the only one of the perhaps the only pronounced voice uh, for social conservatism in Australia. Um, Australia is a lot like the United Kingdom in that, you know, we do, they don't have a, a very strong, uh, vocal, loud, powerful pro-life movement. Uh, or they didn't have a lot of organized resistance to same-sex marriage. But Cardinal Pell, as the senior most churchman in Australia, was on the front lines of those issues all the time. He was not only uh, the most vocal opponent of abortion, uh, and a vocal opponent of same-sex marriage, but he was even uh, a very strong opponent of no-fault divorce, which is something that even American conservatives generally don't even touch. 
but he he said you know the 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 the, the marriage of the union of one man and one woman uh, is is too important not only to each other and to society but uh, to their children we can't afford to jeopardize you know um, we we can't afford to to just simply allow our families to discard marriage uh, when it proves to be inconvenient to them so Cardinal Pell was hated by uh, <clears throat> was probably public enemy number one as far as the cultural and political left in Australia goes that's not only politicians, but also media, big business, and unfortunately, the court. Now, you know, there are a lot of cynical people out there that say, you're just defending him because he's a cardinal, and you can't believe that any cardinals do anything wrong, and, you know, it's about time somebody was punished. It is absolutely about time somebody was punished, uh, it really, but it should be someone who's guilty. Um, yeah, yeah I, I, uh, it's, I, last year, until for the last couple of years, uh, worked for the Catholic Herald's uh, of London in the United States, and I spent you know 14-hour, 16-hour days nonstop going after abusers in Boston, in Washington D.C. This was you know this was my whole professional life. I can only speak for myself, you know, but driving driving out corruption uh, and holding real sexual abusers accountable is the is is part of a huge part of my vocation as a journalist, as it is yours, as it is all of my colleagues in Catholic media, most of whom I think really do take that seriously. Uh, but the only way that we can truly serve the church uh, is to root out her enemies within, even if they wear their, their red zucchetto. So, yeah, but at the, by the same token, our duty to root out evil uh, is complemented by our duty to defend the good. And as much as it is our duty to, to seek out and expose men like Cardinal McCarrick, who do abuse men, women, and children, we have to protect the good clergy, the holy men and women uh, you know, in, in, in the church hierarchy, uh, who are wrongly accused for purely political ends, like Cardinal Pell. Do you think there's any hope for Cardinal Pell? Uh, there, it, well, it depends in what sense you mean. Cardinal Pell, in this world, sure, at this rate, is going to go straight to heaven when he, when he, uh, when he leaves this earth. Um, he is enduring true, authentic persecution uh, for the sake of Holy Mother Church, and he's doing it quietly and prayerfully. Uh, and <laughs> I, I don't know. I always. I, I really would love to just write him a letter and say, please pray for me. I feel like you have extremely potent prayers right now. Um, so in that sense, yeah, he has, the, he has the greatest hope of all. As for the legal process, I don't know. The, uh, the last decision that was handed down a week or two ago, uh, when a panel of three judges decided not to overturn his conviction, um, there, it was a vote of two to one. And the, the one judge who voted to overturn his conviction, to set him free, um, provided this very eloquent and thorough deconstruction of, uh, of the prosecution's case. And it, it, that has been widely circulated, even in, in secular media in Australia, which was not friendly to Cardinal Pell at all. But suddenly, it, it, it stopped being about you know, the, the evil Catholic Church finally you know, getting it come up in, and it's become an issue of, well, hold on a second. This is this is a serious flaw in our legal system. This this looks like it does look like someone was was what was 
completely and obviously railroaded by the by the criminal justice system. And uh, and so hopefully Cardinal Pelt will take his appeal to the high court. The final that's his last shot of of getting off, and hopefully. The narrative will have shifted again from you know the, the Catholic Church being held to account for its unfortunately many sins to you know this is a matter of, of simple justice for an Australian citizen and he deserves a fair trial as much as any layman of any back of any religious faith. Is the Vatican supporting him? The Vatican, well, frankly, no. I mean, the Vatican is not supporting him in any in any meaningful way. They didn't say that they they disbelieve the accusations. Um, but they didn't say that they believed them either. It's very unlikely that Cardinal Pell will be defrocked for this, which is uh, sort of everyone's principal fear. Um, it, 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 there has been no movement um, in the Vatican to convene any sort of canonical uh, court to strip him of his priestly rank or his, or his red hat, which is a good thing. Um, but at the same time, because the evidence is so obviously in Pell's favor, um, the Vatican could be doing so much more to protect one of their senior, not only a, a good holy man, but one of their senior officials by some reckoning the second or third most powerful man uh, in, in the Vatican. But that should, <laughs> but uh, you know, that should, that should probably explain itself. That's uh that, you know, the Vatican is not only the seat of the Catholic Church, it's also a, a tiny country with, you know, party politics, just like any other country. All right. Well, let's let's pray for, for uh, Cardinal Pell and hope justice is done in this world. Crisis Magazine. I, I would bet a lot of our listeners don't know what Crisis Magazine. Can you explain that and give them some information about Crisis? Yeah, sure. So Crisis was founded in 81 by two of the great Catholic intellectuals of the last century, uh, Michael Novak, the Democratic Capitalism, uh, and Ralph McInerney. And the idea behind crisis was basically to, to do, you know, you have on, on the conservative side of things, you have National Review. On the liberal side of things, you have magazines like The Atlantic. But Really, Catholic social teaching uh, and, and, and the Catholic faith is neither strictly conservative nor liberal in the American sense. And so they said, you know, we need, a, we need a magazine that does what those magazines do, that, you know, gives authentic perspective, that gives, you know, informed perspectives and critical analysis on current events of the day, but from a Catholic perspective, and that's not beholden to any ideology. Uh, and that's what crisis is. And, and, you know, it has gone through several different incarnations over the years. Um, we've, we, we no longer have a print edition, though we're hoping to bring that back in the next couple of years. But um, we are no, we're, we're now in the process of really bringing the magazine back to its roots. Um, so we have, yet there, we have a lot of our longtime writers like Father George Butler, uh, Professor Anthony Exelin, uh, Austin Ruse from the center uh, from CFAM in Washington, D.C. They've joined the masthead as contributing editors. And then we have a lot of really fantastic, talented new writers uh, who, are, who are coming on as contributing editors and columnists as well. So we have uh, Casey Chalk, who's from many, many publications, um, like, uh, like the American, he's, I think he's also a columnist for the American Conservative. He's, he's writing a weekly column for us. Chilton Williamson, Jr., who was just until recently the editor of Chronicles. Uh, Jane Clark Charles, who wrote a lot for 
National Review over the years. Um, we have a, we're, and we're, we want to be the Catholic's go-to source for, for commentary and analysis on matters of politics and society and culture and the church um, from, an, from an authentically Orthodox Catholic perspective. Again, where, where can we find Crisis Magazine? Go to www.crisismagazine.com. And I am a huge believer in reader feedback. I answer every email that I receive. Uh, and if anyone would like to throw me a pitch or let me know what they love about the site or hate about the site, uh, my email address is editor at crisismagazine.com. And I would be delighted to hear from your listeners. Okay, but one article you may want to look at, Cardinal Pell is Innocent, Those Who Persecute Him Are Not, by Michael Warren Davis. Thank you for being on Connor's Corner. Thank you, sir. I appreciate the opportunity. You know, Beth, it's really frightening, assuming what Mr. Davis is saying is true. It is really frightening that how somebody can be railroaded today in Australia, which you think is a a country with due process. Australia is is Europe these days. You know, um, remember the the Baptist parents that were going to go to jail because they just wanted to homeschool their children because God was... Um, left out of the public curriculum. Um, Secularists do not like um, religious people, period. You know, one thing I was reminded by by the interview, though, that Michael Novak was one of the uh, founders of Crisis Magazine. And Michael Novak was a guest a couple of times on our show. And, you know, he was, uh, we we met him at uh, Legatus a few years back. No, I mean, I love Crisis Magazine. They have they have articles there that um, that appeal to me. Sometimes when you read the the things in the regular news, it just doesn't make sense. But Crisis, their their um, their writers are they're clear, and you know they give a lot of facts when they. They pick up a subject, and the subjects that they write about mean something to them. It's not, you know, it's not BS. And there are there are a lot of the conservative clerics that have been targeted around the world. And I hate to say it, but they've been targeted by this pope and or the people that are around him. All right, getting back, Judge Jeanine Pirro. Nick, you have, do you know her at all, or... Uh... I've followed her career for the last two decades at least, uh-huh. uh, especially when she ran for office here in New York. And I recall when she was a prosecutor. Now, here's one thing. Now, Facebook. I just want to get to Facebook for a minute. Chris Corgani, how do you like Chris. us on Facebook? <laughs> you can like us on Facebook by going to their Facebook page. That's Ask the Lawyer with Mike Connors. That's Ask the Lawyer with Mike Connors and like it. That's it. Just click. <laughs> and if you get on like. there, you're going to see a picture of Mel. Starting his training against Jerry Cooney. Uh, Nick, are you going to help Mel in that, that boxing match? Nick, Nick, now now you're saying you're uh, going to be his manager, his trainer? I think Josias is his trainer, but we'll see. Josias is the trainer. I, I'll take the management position. That's fine. Okay, I mean, <laughs> there you go. Okay, we got it covered. I, mean, I, do, manager, I do a little kickboxing a... myself, but I'm not a pro. You know? Oh, <laughs> all right. You're the dude. You're the dude. All right, so if you go on Facebook, you go on last week, you're going to see a picture of Mel with Jerry Cooney. Jerry Cooney does a lot of good work, work for the for the handicap. Great boxer. Unfortunately, didn't quite make the heavyweight championship. Didn't win, but still a great boxer and, and, and is in our memories. A great man. Yeah. 
You know, you listen. If any any of y'all that listen to his his interview, and if you didn't listen to it, you can go listen to it on Facebook. But um, what a good man! Now here's I another thing. Like, uh, lastly, I'm I'm just going to go through a little bit of a personal selling point for charities. Those of you who are interested in in supporting research, you know, involving cancer, take a look at the John Wayne Cancer Institute. Yeah, I mean. Dr. Fisher is is just one of dozens, if not more, of researchers there. And I mean, it really is, you know, quite an impressive place. It's connected with St. John's Providence Hospital out in Santa Monica. And I mean, Beth and I had a tour of that earlier this year in February. Very dedicated people. Everybody's in a good mood there because they're doing the Lord's work. They're trying to fight Absolutely. cancer. And they know Absolutely. it. Absolutely, They're using their talents the way God wanted them to. Okay, so again, if you want to hear more about estate planning, we're going to have our seminars at the end of this month. We're hitting Queens the end of September. In October, we're going to be hitting Staten Island and Manhattan. And then in December, we're going to be back in Brooklyn. We'll take a break for the winter. But if anybody out there, you want us to do a seminar for your group, whether you're Senior Citizens Association, church, synagogue, we can always do seminars for you. Just give us a couple of months' notice and give us a call at 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500. I think Mr. Kincaid is telling us it's time to end the show. Good night. Bye-bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Have a good night. Heads bowed down, we'll gather here on hallowed ground to sing this soul away. We are gathered here on hallowed ground, the voices raised, heads bowed down. We're gathered here on hallowed ground to sing this soul away. We are gathered, we are gathered here on hallowed ground, the voices raised, heads bowed down. We're gathered here on hallowed ground to sing this soul away. For our Ask the Lawyer friends and listeners, you can attend any of Connors & Sullivan's free seminars on elder law, Medicaid, wills, and estate planning, and more. Yes, it's all free and all close to you. So come to Connors & Sullivan's free seminars. On Tuesday, September 24th at Lenny's Clam Bar, 161-03, Cross Bay Boulevard in Howard Beach at 11 a.m. and 3 p.m. On Wednesday, September 25th at 11 a.m., 3 p.m. and 7 p.m. at Connolly's Corner, 71-17 Grand Avenue in Maspeth. And on Friday, September 26th, 7th at the Adria, 221-17 Northern Boulevard in Bayside at 11 a.m. and 3 p.m. Can't go to any Connors & Sullivan's free seminars? Then call Connors & Sullivan at 718-238-6500 for your own free office appointment. Make an educated decision on your estate and family legal solutions today. Call Connors & Sullivan at 718-238-6500 or go to connorsandsullivan.com. Plan now for later. The preceding pre-recorded program paid for by Connors and Sullivan Attorneys at Law, PLLC. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.